the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Hi, Pat and Stu, and uh, uh, that. <laughs> and he's wearing my favorite shirt today, or one of my favorite shirts. That's uh, I like when Jeffy goes colorful. There's something about him as just a good old Easter egg that I love. Why, thank you. I don't know. It just it makes me. It, there is legitimately something that makes me happy about it. I don't know why. Okay. Well, good. That's what that's what I wear it for. You oh, live to make uh, Stu happy, if I'm I not do. mistaken, I, right? You are not mistaken. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Should we start uh, the show today where we ended the last show? Sure, uh, the radio why not? Program. What the heck? Congressional Republicans moved on Tuesday to defuse President Trump's threat to cut off critical payments to health insurance companies, maneuvering around the president towards a bipartisan <laughs> legislation to shore up insurance markets under the Affordable Care Act. <laughs> Oh, you know how much I love him. Senator Lamar Alexander, who is a, a complete waste. Mm-hmm. The influential chairman of the Senate Health, Education, and Labor and Pensions Committee announced that his panel would begin work in September legislation to stabilize and strengthen the individual health care market. He publicly urged Mr. Trump uh, to... Sorry, I got a little bit caught on the clipboard here. <clears throat> Continue making payments to health insurance companies or to reimburse them for reducing out-of-pocket medical expenses of low-income people. Again, so there's kind of this push and pull here between the idea that you can, should the Republicans just fix Obamacare, which, I mean, you can't do long-term, but you can do in a short-term uh, way. Uh, you can smooth at least some of the uh, potholes for an, on the short term. Or mm-hmm. should they just let it, let it go down, let it fail, use the legislation as written and all the controls that the secretary has to make sure that people realize how really terrible this legislation is. Now, of course, they already kind of do realize that. Um, they're not fans of it, although it's turned more uh, positive since the Republicans showed that they had absolutely no imagination to uh, come up with their own alternative. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, uh, you, you, you know, it's not a wonderfully popular law. There are huge issues with it all <clears> over the country. And you could do some things that could probably make it slightly better for some people. And I guess that's what they're tra- talking about doing. But in, in, in that effort, you make it much worse long term. You, um, you put a Band-Aid on a huge gash uh, that continues to bleed and bleed and bleed and bleed. And, and, you know, at some point, your health 
care system is destroyed. Yeah, if they if they let it go down, then then you can't. I mean, then the Democrats can't claim, well, this was working great. Why would you change it? You stole health care. You let it collapse mm-hmm. on its own weight. And then uh, you'll say, well, see, we told you we needed something else. And at least you could at least you'd have that cover yeah, to go out and it. do something good. They'll still say Republicans are responsible. <clears throat> but I mean, the bottom line is the legislation. Well, has they can't because written... they haven't done anything. Well, they're going to say, well, they stopped making these payments and. Uh, you know, they changed the regulations. Well, because, you know, because Obamacare is such a terrible piece of legislation that was pole vaulted into law, there are hundreds of opportunities for Secretary Price to go in there and change uh, the rules. For example, one of the big things they fought about in um, uh, the House bill and as well as the Senate bill were these uh, community standards. Essentially, like, what, is, what does health care need to have required um, uh, in each plan? One of the things that really drives up costs, one of the things the Freedom Caucus wanted to get removed because they, and this is why people can't buy, for example, plans that don't cover maternity leave or plans that uh, have really high deductibles or all these different uh, re- uh, legislation. Well, the secretary can change those, can go in there and just say, mm. no, not that one, not that one, not that one. Um, there's a lot of control that the secretary can take. The reason they haven't done it yet, and this goes, by the way, with a lot of the big things we've talked about with the health care bill. The reason they haven't done it yet is because they wanted to get something comprehensive passed. And the other part of it is, if they do it through the secretary, it's only until a new secretary comes and changes it. Whose secretary is going to do this? I mean, doesn't she already have some uh, chores that she needs to do for her for her boss? I'm sorry. What secretary is going to Mad Men? I appreciate you <laughs> coming here, but uh, no, we're talking about Tom Price. Oh, it's a dude. You're talking about the Secretary of Health and Human Human Services. Services. Doesn't he have coffee to get? He probably does in this administration, honestly. It's probably (laughs) most of his role. Probably does. Um, But he can go in there, and so he can do this. But again, it ends in 2020 if Trump loses, and that's why it's not the most effective way to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, um, would it improve the law short term? Potentially. Uh, But it also could disrupt things because, as you know, these companies... Don't like dis, you know, the, the, the destabilization. They want to know what's coming, and they don't, never know what's coming with the government. And it's always changing. Why? It's so much fun to just wait and see what happens. Right. It's like a movie. Let's just not know. You know do you Let's want, just do you wait. Want, uh, why do they say spoiler alert? Because you don't want to know the end. That's right. what it should be with it. How about this? Your your healthcare regu- re- regulations for next year. I'm not going to give you a spoiler alert. You're just going to have to find out. Yeah. Just wait. Just wait. We got to pass a bill to find out what's in the yeah, bill. Yeah. I'm not going to give you a spoiler. Could could bug me. Tell you how it operates or what the no. results are going to be? Screw you. Yeah, You're gonna, it's going to ruin the surprise. We don't need that. No. We don't need any of it anyway. No. Um, in California, state agency runs the insurance marketplace announced on Tuesday that rates would increase by 12.5% on Yay! average next year. Slightly lower than the rates they got this past year. Wonderful. Um, they are saying that uh, the increase would go up if Trump does this. So the idea is... We give a bunch of free money to people who need health insurance right now through Obamacare. Okay, mm-hmm. um, you know we can argue. Obviously, we don't think the government should be involved in most of those cases, but okay, that's what we do. If Trump Trump can go into the bill and just say, you know what, we're not giving those payments this year, we're not subsidizing those this year. We can, we're going to change the regulations, and you're not getting them. Those payments aren't going out. Well, obviously, that would increase the cost of health care for those individuals. Did um, also we're both wearing purple today? I was in the middle of <laughs> talking about an in-depth issue of. I know, but I was just stunned by the fact that uh, 
I we didn't even call each other and arrange it. <laughs> I will say, we uh, we we have it's one a weird thing, purple thing. Yeah, and we always and we always wear it on the same day. <laughs> Actually, there's a purple so there's a purple sweater weird. that was worse than this. Uh, do you remember the purple sweater? Because I have a yes. purple sweater. Yeah, I that do I've remember. Worn a yes. couple times, and you have. Yes. Is it a purple sweater or a purple shirt? I do have shirt? a purple sweater, and, and we both a wore it at the same time several times. <laughs> and you know what? It doesn't kill you on radio, but no, on this show, on this show, yeah, it does. It's, it's deadly. Good. All right. Anyway, I'm sorry. Anyway, anyway healthcare is going down the tubes, and you're all going to die. So, oh, okay. Oh my gosh, you guys are both wearing purple. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we need to get Jeffy a purple shirt. Wouldn't that be cute? We'd be not just twins, but triplets then. That would be great. Hey, that'd, that'd be, be really great. nice. Oh, yeah. I definitely have to get one. And isn't there like a big like uh, mascot like oh, yes. character that's big in purple? Yeah, the, the Barney. No, I wasn't thinking Barney. I was thinking I'm thinking of somebody else. Grimace? Grimace, maybe I'm thinking of. Mm, From McDonald's. Maybe. Anyway. Is Grimace purple? Isn't I don't Grimace remember. Purple? Yeah. I haven't seen yeah, Grimace okay. in a while. We're getting confirmation on Grimace being purple. Uh, Jeffy with a purple shirt, pretty much Grimace. And, you know, that's the, I mean, if you look at him right now, mm -hmm. he's grimacing. <laughs> <laughs> Works out nicely. It's nice. Uh, what a weird name for a, why, like, was he sad or angry? Why would Grimace? I, I don't know. I don't remember the, the plot lines. Was a criminal, right? The I mean, Hamburglar was a criminal, uh, and he was put criminal. into jail by Mary, Mayor McCheese. Yeah. Right. So, fortunately, we got that situation dealt oh, with. And, and let's take, for example... I mean, people are like, oh, he's just a, he's a petty crime criminal, right? The hamburger. Mm -hmm. What's he doing? Um, well, when your mayor has a burger for a head, it's not a petty crime. Right. It's murder. Okay? <laughs> right. You've assassinated the mayor. That's what you. you've done. So he is not some petty criminal that's just tossed out there. It's, it, this is a big deal. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a sort of crime that really needs to be uh, punished much more harshly than throwing him into prison and then letting him out every single commercial. I mean, I mean, I would mm -hmm. say you talk about the electric chair. You talk about it. Oh, I'd love Grimace. I, I'd definitely be Grimace. You'd be Grimace? Oh, okay, you're running through. What does Grimace do? Grimace has got just a handful of shakes. <laughs> He's got a head full of shakes? Okay, here's, here's a proposal. Really? I'm just going to throw this out there, Jeffy. October 31st or whatever our, close, our show is closest, you come in as Grimace with a bunch of shakes, dressed in purple, See if people can tell the difference, because I think the answer to that is uh, no. No, they cannot. Okay. i got to look up Grimace now and see his head full of shakes. I, I don't remember that. I don't you don't know. remember? He's always loaded up with, sh I guess, because, I mean, Hamburger goes after the burgers. Then there's uh, obviously Ronald, who is, I don't know, other than his charity work, what he does anymore. I mean, he does, certainly doesn't seem to be making any hamburgers. It'd be nice if one of these that was creatures what, actually, actually the big shake something. thing. I think was where he started because they changed that according to this because uh, the, the original character was evil grimace and uh, people didn't like him. No, he scared the crap out of kids. Yeah, this says <laughs> I instead bet. of luring kids into stores, evil grimace scared them away. <laughs> he just scurried through <laughs> the stores with milkshakes. Fortunately, the marketing crew at McDonald's quickly realized their mistake and tweaked the character into what he is today. Just a lovable guy. He's not an evil Grimace anymore. I like the evil Well, why Grimace. is his name Grimace? I don't know. And why did, Why was he evil? Why would you want an evil guy? Well, the Hamburglar is your... evil, right? I think there was a, a, you wanted to have a protagonist and an antagonist in this story. <laughs> uh, and the McDonald's people were like, hey, what if we have a giant purple blob come in and steal all our shakes? Uh -huh. and, uh, and they said, we already have that one guy uh, in that uh, Tampa store who comes in all the time. They know it was Jeffy dressed in purple. Yeah. But they kind of based it off of that, I think. And oh, he really? certainly did. 
you certainly did steal a lot of things. I think they needed to break you into two characters. Grimace, who stole the shakes, and the hamburger, who stole the hamburgers. Yeah, I mean, I didn't steal the shakes from McDonald's. The people paid for them. We just, I just took them from the people. Oh, that's a totally different well, story. See? It's a totally different story. See? So anyway, the health care bill doesn't look good. No, I mean, it's, I don't think it's, I don't think they're going to be able to do it. I don't think they're going to, oh. certainly not going to repeal it. They're not going to repeal Obamacare. Well, let me ask you this question while we're on this topic. Hey, Pat, we shouldn't just trash illegal immigration. We should talk about legal what? immigration. In what way? What should we say about legal immigration? We encourage and want and appreciate legal immigration. Oh, well, you know what? Trump is going to be talking about legal immigration, so you're going to be happy is about he? that. Yep. He's just going to cut it by 50%. He's going to cut legal immigration? Wait, yeah, legal. he wants to get rid of all the legal immigrants, <laughs> which is a great plan. That is bizarre. That is his new uh, proposal coming out now. Now, some of it has wow. some validity to it in that you're, you'd be not letting everyone in and you'd test them on certain, what can they contribute to society? There's things that, yeah. principles that are understandable. However, and that we to, used to adhere to. Right, but to cut it by 50%, I mean, it's, I mean, A, messaging is terrible on it, but B, it's actually the wrong principle, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it. Mm-hmm. We are a like when people say, "Oh, we're a country based on immigrants or built by immigrants." Well, you know, there is an element of truth to that, not the way they use it, which is not like, "Hey, that's why we should let everyone come in that is it doesn't belong here and didn't it just kind of came across a river." No, that's not what that's supposed to mean. But legal immigration is something that powers our country. It is, it is a great thing. The issue is, don't break the freaking law to come here. Come here legally. And stop acting like you're, it's, it's our inconvenience to you when we ask you to come in the legal way. That's a totally different standard. You should require people to come in the legal way. But to, 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 uh, to cut that by a massive percentage, it's not going to help. It's not going to help American jobs. It's not going to raise salaries. It's not going to do any of the things that are promised. And it never does. Mm-hmm. These are things, you know, uh, it, it's, it's ridiculous. And again, this comes from a guy who imports foreign labor for every single one of his projects. It's so hypocritical. But yeah, they were just talking about uh, bringing in more foreign workers uh, at Mar-a-Lago, and they're applying for more mm-hmm. workers to come in. And like, okay, but you don't want anybody else to do that. Only you can do that at your places. Like, what would he have to spend, Donald Trump or the Trump Organization, to dock that problem out and hire American labor? Fifty thousand dollars a year. Like, instead of paying people ten dollars an hour, you pay him fifteen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it's one building, Mar-a-Lago. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many employees are going to have? A few hundred, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you, you hire American labor and pay a little bit more, and he would not have this problem every year right. about seasonal foreign labor, and he still doesn't bother to spend the money to do it. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It's incredible. I mean, just from a, like, for example, Barack Obama did not give to charity at all. He was not a charitable guy in any f- stretch, uh, any fashion. However, when he became president and became in the public eye as he was running for president, he started to give to charity. Mm-hmm. Does he care about charities? Probably not all that much. I mean, he might want to help people, but he believes it should go through the government as part of his philosophy. But to shut people up, he gave money to charity. Uh, Trump wouldn't even do that. Just shut people up. Shouldn't you pay an extra few dollars an hour to hire American, la- American labor just to shut people up? Especially for him, that would be the right thing to do. Yeah. I mean, Just it's the right thing to do off anyway it is. if you're him yeah. uh, and you don't believe in, in so many of the, you know, uh, in immigration for these purposes. I mean, he's talking about making it all high-skilled labor. Well, high-skilled labor is not the, pe- or they're not the people that are working at Mar-a-Lago. 
Okay, mm -hmm. he's bringing these people in to do low-paying jobs uh, that are low-skilled jobs. Uh, and uh, I mean, by this own policy, uh, theoretically, it would limit the amount that Mar-a-Lago received. Now, of course, as we all know, it won't, because that's not the way these things work. Right. But in theory, uh, he would be hurt by this. Of course, he won't, because we all know that's not how these things work. It's a happy day. Uh, also, and maybe this is a good time for it, uh, for us to be prescribed some, 38% uh, of Americans, of U.S. Americans, mm -hmm. last year, not only did they not have MAPS, <laughs> but they did have opioids. 38% uh, of the country was prescribed opioids much, uh, in 2016. How much of that business 15, is, is yours, uh, Jeffy? Of the 30, what is it, 38? 38%. 38%. What, 15, 20? Well, I hope the government does something about it. <laughs> this is a funny one because Jeffy literally and in reality has no problem with the opioid crisis. In fact, there is no opioid crisis to Jeffy. He thinks er if everybody were addicted to painkillers, he'd it's be fine the, with for, that. It, but the painkillers isn't what's killing people. What is? Okay, it's the heroin. Yeah. All well, right? that's and, and, not entirely well, true. I, I understand that. Right. But for the most part. When the government's going to get involved, what's going to happen is the people who have to go see their pain doctor because their back hurts, mm -hmm. they're the people that are going to get screwed. Ah, uh, now we see where this is motivated from. Mm -hmm. He's worried about losing access to mm -hmm. his pills. Mm -hmm. That is what is happening here. <laughs> you don't even deny it. If I have to... Oh. Oh. But I mean, I would say this, Jeffy. Regardless of what law is passed, you're going to have access to pills. I mean, you. I mean, a lot of people might not, but you will. Yes, mm -hmm. I've. But you might have to pay I've more. Planned for ahead. Mm -hmm. Planned ahead by launching an international <laughs> drug trade. Yes, <laughs> planned ahead. <laughs> All right, triple eight seven two seven back. International drug trade. Uh, man, about sixty four sixty four percent of the participants in the survey said they'd misused opioids, and they did so mostly to relieve pain. About forty one percent said they got the drugs from family or friends. Wow. Uh, based on data from private insurance, future surveys may show a decline in prescriptions. This is exactly what you fear, Jeffy. Part of the problem has to do with the broken state of primary care. People are having trouble accessing primary care due to the shortage of prim primary care uh, providers. I, I, don't, I don't know that it's that easy to get these anymore, is it? I no, mean, no, well, it, it, it's again, gotten pretty tough, right, actually. In many states, uh, yeah, they've made it harder and harder. Again, like I said. You know the the good people are the ones that are the that are suffering. Yeah, uh, because yeah. you know they they want obviously for the people's safety. They want everybody to be safe and not you know OD on drugs and, and I get it. Mm -hmm. But but that will be a side effect of this. Yes, uh, people and, and who it already won't, won't it, be able it, to get and it. And it already is. They're yeah. making it harder and harder and, and more hoops to jump through. Just oh, I know. And the docs even say you know, we know, but this, that's the way it is. They the. The DEA comes crashing into the doctor's office and has to see all the records or they shut them down. And, and look, there are always negative consequences from the government trying to control something like this. I mean, there really are. I mean, as much as we mock Jeffy for wanting free drugs for everybody, I mean, in reality... Uh, I never said I wanted free drugs for everybody, but I don't think I've access, ever... <laughs> access to drugs for everyone to purchase from you is how I should probably phrase that. But I mean, like, I was, I was at the doctor's office uh, last week. And uh, I had to fill out all the forms that you have to fill out. Mm -hmm. And I'm reading this thing, and I'm like, what are they even 
asking me here? Like, it was like this bizarre form. And I'm like, what are they asking me? And I realized what they were asking me was, do I have Ebola? Because still, of the mm-hmm. Ebola scare from a few years ago, have I traveled to, to Liberia? To a West African nation. Right, exactly. And they asked yeah. this every time. I, I, I know. And it was a, um, a regulation put into effect when it felt like we had this big Ebola crisis, which we did. It was a real scare for mm-hmm, a year, sure. right? It's not mm-hmm. currently a scare. But now, for the, until the end of time, we'll all be answering the same questions, even though 0.001% of people went to Liberia in the past six months and 0.001% of people who were in Liberia had a chance of getting Ebola. We're all answering this question and we'll be answering these same questions in 2029 uh, but when the next Ebola crisis hits. Um, you know, and I understand that, you know, it's a big issue and it could be really terrible if it really caught effect. Uh, but, you know, government is not good at these things. They don't they don't have a good ability mm-hmm. to control crises like this. Yeah. Um, and Ebola, at least, is a good example. You're talking about a disease that can be passed and can really wreak havoc. Um, and, you know, the opioid thing is on that level, really. I mean, it's, it's certainly worse than anything any Ebola effects have ever happened on Earth. There's never been a, 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 an opioid, a, a, a scaled event of Ebola, particularly in America, that have even approached what we're facing right now with opioids. Right. But, you know, bottom line is it's not communicable. Um, so, uh, you know, I don't know. How much role does the government have in that? I think it's limited, particularly on a federal level. We'll see. But yeah, they're going to try. And, and, yes. and, and one thing, again, Trump is strong on a few things. He's strong on protectionism. He's strong on, uh, on the border. He's strong, and when I say strong on the border, he's strong on, I mean, legal immigration. And I, I, you can't even call it the border. Do you call it the border when we're talking about legal immigration? I certainly don't. No. Uh, but he's also, he is a, you know, a law and order type of guy. He does like, he seems to like the military. He seems to like the police. He likes, he, you know, his uh, brother, right, yeah, died brother of alcoholism. alcoholism so he, he, uh, always, he, he always ties that into drugs. Yep. And alcohol, you know, that's bad. So, I mean, I, I can assume you're, you're going to get a lot of money thrown at that problem, whether it works or not. I don't know. Triple eight seven two seven beck More patents, too, coming up in a sec. The fact is, your current phone carrier, uh, it, unless it's uh, Patriot Mobile, is using your money to undermine your beliefs. They, and they, these companies spend tens of millions of dollars every year to remove conservatives from office and to support Planned Parenthood and other things you can't stand. Now, Patriot Mobile does the opposite. They'll take uh, a little bit of your money. Uh, you know, the money, it's not going to cost you anymore, but you're going to take a little <laughs> bit of your money and actually donate it to conservative causes. And, and that sounds great, uh, honestly, um, but uh, my phone needs to work. Like, I don't know. I need to, when I want to make a call, uh, mm-hmm. I need to have service. And that's honestly the main thing that I would look at. When I, when I start here, you got to start with something that works. And then if there's side benefits, great. Well, that's a good thing with Patriot Mobile. It's nationwide talk and text. It's high-speed 4G LTE data. The prices are great. And you get, as a benefit to that, 5% of your monthly bill going to a conservative organization of your choice instead of what you have now, which is a portion of it going to a liberal organization that you don't choose. And they make it as easy for you as possible. They'll buy out your current contract, credits up to 500 per line or 1500 for the whole account. And you can keep your phone number so you don't have to text out everybody that your number has changed. No, $35 activation fee they do have unless you use the promo code Pat and Stu. If you use the promo code Pat and Stu, they're going to waive that for you. And again, the service, I will tell you this, the second you pick up your phone and you look at it, you're going to know how good your service is. Uh, I, I don't know how to explain it other than that, but you're, you're, you're not going to question uh, that claim the second you pick up your Patriot Mobile phone. Go to patriotmobile.com slash patentstu, patriotmobile.com slash patentstu, or call 1-800-A-PATRIOT, 1-800-A-PATRIOT. Give them a call.
Um, wow. I mean, you know, sometimes, every once in a while, you, ever, you get these speeches from, you know, this goes back a million years, where presidents do, do these things. It's just, you can tell it's not them writing it. Um, I hate that. Um, but it doesn't I, happen in this administration. No, I mean, you're talking not. about history. I mean, well, I'll give you an example of it. Right? Yeah, cause you're right. I'm talking about history. Uh, this is, a, here's a good example of something that obviously did come right out of the mouth of the president. Um, his statement on, uh, on the, uh, the Russian sanctions bill today. Yeah, Trump, in, in Trumpian fashion, said, Today, I have signed into law H.R. 3364, the Countering America's Adversaries Through Sanctions Act. While I favor tough measures to punish and deter aggressive and destabilizing behavior by Iran, uh, North Korea, and Russia, this legislation is significantly flawed. In its haste to pass this legislation, the Congress included a number of clearly unconstitutional provisions. I mean... That's all you hear is him harping on the Constitution. It's like like I'm watching The Apprentice (laughs) right now as I say this. For instance, although I share the policy views of Section 253 and 257, those Mm -hmm. provisions purport to displace the president's exclusive constitutional authority to recognize foreign governments, including their territorial bounds, in conflict with the Supreme Court's recent decision in Zinskowski versus Kerry. I mean, how many times have you heard this guy say this stuff? It's like right out, it's right out of one of his books. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Which he also wrote, by the way. Uh-huh. I want to make sure I point that out. Those are all. Additionally, Section 216 seeks to grant the Congress the ability to change the law outside the constitutionally required process. This bill prescribes a review period that precludes the president from taking certain actions. Certain provisions in Section 216, however, are in conflict with the Supreme Court's decision in INS versus Chada, which you almost could have finished my sentence there mm-hmm. because he said it so many times. Uh, because they purport, again, how many times does this guy say purport? Almost every day. A hundred times a day? Does he say purport? I don't it know. It got to the point Probably. where I thought somebody was paying him to just he work just it into his purport. vocabulary. Like, did, he, did he launch a new app called Purport <laughs> and he's trying to promote it? I don't know. Yeah, because they purport to allow the Congress to extend the review period, although the procedures do that do not satisfy the requirements for changing the law under Article 1, Section 7 of the Constitution. He wrote none of this. Not one word, not of, one it. word of it. Not one Word now, of one it. of the signing statements at the very last paragraph yeah, said, by the way, I built a tremendous business <laughs> worth billions of dollars. Like, you know, that part of it. He that, wrote, that's him. Um, I can make that's better him. deals than Congress. Yeah, I'll tell him. you that. That's him. They brought that's him the him. sheet and he said, you are something about me. Yeah. No, no, I think he they gave him a sheet and he wrote at the bottom. I built a business worth billions. I can negotiate better than Congress. And then they just stuck it on the end. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's incredible. I mean, it, it, do you have a right? Because we've, look, uh, we have all written things uh, for Glenn before. Right? Mm-hmm. This is not a surprise. Mm-hmm. Uh, you will, well, except if you for look, Jeffy. Jeffy can't write. Well, Jeffy can't write at all. But, uh, so I should so. you're right. But uh, if you look at, uh, for example, multiple New York Times bestsellers, you will mm-hmm. see Pat Gray and Stu Bergier in the credits as co-authors. Uh, there is a, uh, we have, written, we're not on the cover. We are not on the but cover. If you open up no. the cover and dig like four pages in, you will see our names. You'll see our names. print. And so. you know, look, obviously Glenn's, it's Glenn's book. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Glenn, they're Glenn's ideas, but we of course chipped in and we do that mm-hmm. on the radio show. We do that on the TV show. We do all this all the time. It's part of our jobs, right? Yeah. Um, but it is part of our jobs to at least attempt to sound like Glenn to deliver these things in a way that Glenn would deliver them. If we write them like we're writing Jeffy, like if Jeffy wrote something for Glenn and he just wrote 18 spoons milk, <laughs> it wouldn't make any sense. It's his job to try to write things that Glenn might say. That's the interesting part of this. Uh, they make no, no effort to right. sound like him. Right. And he doesn't ask them to tone it down for him. I, so it's so obvious that he had nothing to do with any nothing of this stuff. It. 
that I, I, I don't know. It's just so blatant. Yeah, and why not try it? Maybe that's fine. And here's the I don't approach know. I think I would take. Because, look, you can't make constitutional arguments in Donald Trump's voice. He just doesn't talk that way. He doesn't, yeah. he doesn't, he doesn't know anything about those issues. And whatever, that's not his but game. But you can say... Well, it is his gig. My guys, everybody's <laughs> saying it's not his gig. It is absolutely his really gig to is. know about the Constitution, but he doesn't. So, uh, sorry, go ahead, Pat. But but, but he could say, "Hey, uh, I had these guys take care of this," and and you don't pretend like it's from him, right? You if know? you say like, "Hey, you know, I, I while I agree with the general uh, idea of, of being tough on other uh, countries that are doing things to our country, uh, big league." Uh, <laughs> I, I here is here is the uh, the reason that legally these issues are not real, but I'm still signing them or whatever. And then yeah. under that, yeah. you just paint, copy and paste the legal act argument from the lawyer. Just tell him it's the lawyer. It's our constitutional opinion from our department that. The, but he can't because that would be giving credit to someone else for being smarter than him. Yeah, or something. which he doesn't. Correct. Um, doesn't do. It's just it's just silly. I mean, and <laughs> I guess a presidential signing statement has to be a statement from the president. But there's no reason he can't quote people in the statement. Here's the att- mm-hmm. the reason uh, the attorney's uh, reasoning be- behind this, uh, blah, and then pat- paste it because I mean this is just I mean it just it's it's blatantly not him. We know who he is. It's they act as if we've never heard this person speak before. <laughs> and we all know he had nothing to do with writing that. Just I just wish they would be honest. You read some of these stories, for example, the Washington Post story about um, uh, the um, how Donald Trump dictated. Donald Trump Jr.'s misleading statement oh, about yeah. about the meeting, and you know he they they basically confirmed the report yesterday. Huck, Sarah Huckabee Sanders said, "Well, he chipped in like any father would, like any father would." The guy is not he's not a he's not a toddler. He's running a, a multinational corporation. Donald Trump Jr. is not twelve or seven. He's running a major multi-billion-dollar corporation. He should be able to make his own statements. But as any father would, he chipped in on uh, uh, he he had some influence. He you know he made some statements. But in the story, if you read the whole thing, you see multiple people inside the White House were saying, "Hey, don't lie about this because the emails are gonna come out anyway. So you might as well be honest about it," which he overruled. And it's like, well, I, what do you do in that situation? I, what do you do? Uh, you, you have to basically come out and 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 uh, you make your best argument. And you know if you. If he, I'm sure they did not present him. Hey, we also inserted this line about you making a lot of money and being better than Congress. <laughs> well, he just overrules you. He's the president of the United States. He gets to do that. I mean, it's a family tradition to lie first. You know, I mean, that's like that's like the first gut reaction is to lie, and know, then we'll you. go from there. You I mean, know, it's unbelievable. I agree with that. It, it is it is the starting point, and it, it, you know, they do they lie about everything, virtually everything. Their first instinct. Yeah, lie it's about the first it. one, no matter what. Even when they don't need to, even when, they need to, even when it doesn't, doesn't help them. the situation at all or deflect anything from them, they still they still lie first and then tell the truth later, if it ever gets around to that. And who and knows they if they've to. told the truth at all on these I things. Know. I mean, I, again, I know. The, one of the spins I've been hearing uh, in the media is basically like, he's so sure he's innocent on this. He mm-hmm. just sees it as a political process. He's just fighting it out, and he, and he just has to be tough. I'm going to say something, though, that will end this discussion. Okay. Yeah, but Trump. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> but Trump. Thank you. Right? Wow. Thank you. Thank you. That's a great point. I thought so. By the way, uh, the yeah, but Trump people. Uh, I thought so. It's, they're Are not, they it's, fewer uh, and farther between now? It's maybe? getting fewer and it's getting farther. I mean, yeah. listen, this it's is tougher and tougher to defend everything he does. Yeah. 
frankly, uh, not every president does everything. In fact, no president does everything right. No, nope. there's just Man no calls. such thing. They're they're flawed human beings. But they nobody would admit that this guy does things that are wrong ever. Yeah. Everything he did had to be right and it had to be fine and they had to justify it in some way. But they're getting to the point now where they just can't. Uh, and, I guess. And, and right now, uh, the uh, approval for Trump is about 37.6% was the average I saw this morning. 37. That's the average, too? Yeah. Wow. That's obviously not good. Not good. However, uh, you know, again, his base, he's, what about his base? Because when you talk about, yeah, but Trump, that's just his base, right? Mm-hmm. The people that are mm-hmm. on board. Um, and so typically, a Republican president is going to have let's say 90% approval rating among Republicans, 10% approval rating among Democrats, and somewhere in the middle, 50% among independents. That's a typical approval rating in this day and age, you know, where there's a big splits between the parties. Uh, well, Trump was at 85, 90% in some of these polls. Um, some of them now are showing him much lower. Um, three polls came out uh, today um, among GOP. So this is not conservatives. This is just regular Republicans. YouGov has him at 75 um, wow. Another one at That's 70- a lot lower than it was. Yeah. Another at 76. And Rasmussen, the wow. one he tweeted, this is him saying, he tweeted this and said, this is the best poll. It was the most accurate. Um, 70%. It's the lowest among three. 70% approval among Republicans mm. is not good. There's a lot of people who were, yeah, but Trump, but there are no longer, yeah, but Trump in that group. And, I, you know, look, I, you know, people will say, well, I mean, you know, you guys said that you didn't like Trump and you're probably happy about that. Not at all. I mean, the fact that Trump is not popular means he's not doing a good job, which mm-hmm. means it's bad for the country. I mean, I would love Donald Trump's approval rating to be 100 percent. But I mean, I think to do that, he'd have to do really good things. Um, and right now, he, those are I mean, cutting uh, cutting legal immigration by 50 percent is not a good thing. No. Uh, in my view, cutting the way he's now he's going after free trade infrastructure's coming. Um, Bannon seems to be getting a little wrestling, a little bit of control back about um, about policy for the time being. These things go in waves, so I'm sure it'll end at some point. But these are not good. Uh, you know, some of the stuff Bannon has done is actually, frankly, been good. I mean, I think his approach on the EPA has been helpful. Um, among other limited things. Uh, but overall, his policy thrust is not a good one. It's a nationalist policy, and it's not something that, you know, has never been related to limited gov- government conservatism. Look, when you're, when, you're, when you're increasing government control on m- massive parts of the economy, you're working with Democrats on health care, and you're, uh, you're working on massive uh, controls from the centralized government, that's just not what I got. In the, I mean, that's not what I want. Now, it might be what Donald Trump wants, but that's why I didn't vote for him. You know, I mean, that's frankly it. Bigly. Yeah, but Trump. I hadn't really thought about you, that, you but you've won me over. You should, yeah. You've won me over. Okay. Thank you. Pat. More patents, too, coming up in a second. All right. It's inevitable, frankly. It really is. It, it is. It really it's is. inevitable at this point. Uh, um, uh, by the way, um, uh, I was, uh, you might notice occasionally that I run out of energy around this time of day. This is the time of day that I actually go for uh, a little uh, little of discovery I've come up with uh, recently uh, from Brickhouse Nutrition. It's called uh, Dawn to Dusk. Now, Dawn to Dusk is this really easy thing that gives you, uh, it's a, it, let me give you the spiel that it actually is. It's a physician-formulated extended-release energy supplement, which lasts up to 10 hours, increases energy, improves mood, and stimulates your brain. Here's what I will say. Uh, you take it in the afternoon, and you actually make it through the afternoon. That's how I take it. Because I got to say, I can get through the mornings, I can get through the shows. Once the energy, because there's a little energy that comes along with doing a stupid show like this, where you kind of get pumped up and, you know, going for the show. That ends, and i got to go into meetings for the rest of the day. 
That ends, I got to go do documents and file expense reports and all the nonsense that goes along with having a job. Um, to get through that, man, Don Dusk does a great job. I, uh, one of our producers is uh, basically addicted to the stuff. Um, and uh, it's how you get through the day, honestly. It's a great way to do it. Uh, it's, it's, that extended release is a big part of it as well. It uh, gets you the energy to get through the day. You get 15% off with one month's supply uh, with the offer code STEW at checkout when you go to BrickHouseStew.com. It's BrickHouse Nutrition. It's called Dawn to Dusk, and it's BrickHouseStew.com. Check it out. Ah, well, the Jeffy segment's coming up in a little bit, which means uh, you're going to be really happy with the, uh, the network, and you're not going to cancel your subscription or anything. Right. Soon. Mm. No way. No way. Good stuff. Uh, Good North find Co- last night. North Korea's a second launch of intercontinental ballistic missiles dominated headlines, uh, but Pyongyang quietly unveiled renovations around the capital's biggest landmark... Yes, the Hotel of Doom is back in the news, which means we always talk about it every time it is. If you're a long-time <laughs> listener to this show or viewer, uh, you know that we are fascinated by this particular building. It's my favorite building in the Because world. it's 105 stories, and it's completely unoccupied, mm-hmm. and will always be. I think so. Uh, so they, the story behind it, if you don't know, and here's the picture. So this is what it looks like They made now. the outside look better, because it, it was just a concrete slab, essentially, right? For about and, 20 years, yeah. And then they, they did this around it. So what happened is, uh, the, so remember the Seoul Olympics of 1988? Right. We have uh, you know, the 2028 Olympics coming back to, uh, uh, to L.A. We found out that yesterday, Yay! which is not, not positive. Um, but uh, uh, in 1988, the Seoul Olympics were going on. Spotlight was on Seoul. Um, everyone was talking about it. Uh, that did not sit well with uh, Kim Jong... Il? Il? I think it was Il at no, the time. No, it was before Il. Was it? Kim Il-sung. Kim Il-sung. Oh, I think yeah. He the, was still yeah. alive. I mean, Kim <clears throat> Il-sung. So what they did is they said, what if we build the biggest hotel in the world in the middle of our crappy capital? Um, so they started that. Um, shockingly, in 1990-ish... Uh, the uh, Soviet Union collapsed and all their funding dried up. So they built this thing all the way to the sky, 105 stories, would have been at the time the biggest hotel in the world, and then ran out of money completely to finish it. So they built the outward structure, but didn't build any of the plumbing, none of the electricity, nothing inside. It was just concrete basically inside. And it sat there for about 20 years with them having no money to do it. Kim Jong-un, after Kim Jong-il passed, Kim Jong-un, and a little bit at the end of Kim Jong-il's life as well, they kind of made it a priority because it was a national embarrassment and they couldn't stop the photos. Uh, for a long time, no one could take photos because they controlled that so closely. Mm-hmm. Um, but with, with camera phones and stuff, they were not able to really stop it. So they started putting money into it and they built this outward structure that looks, I mean, it looks awesome now, right? I mean, that's a pretty it looks cool, cool yeah. looking building. However, inside, again, it's still nothing. Um, and so the news is they've started to renovate the area around this hotel. Um, they're talking about a 70-story residence, a dozen, dozens of other tall buildings in the capital. Um, uh, they uh, have a new international airport, a uh, massive sci-tech complex with main buildings shaped like a giant atom. Where are they getting this money? Everyone believes it's China. Everyone believes it's China. Um, you know, they, they're, uh, they're the only really country that trades with them. Um, and they believe that's what it is. Uh, Kim Il-sung was, was supposed to be the eternal president, uh, and then he died. 
uh, and that's how that's this whole thing came together. So I don't know. I mean, I'm fascinated by that building because it is the ultimate statement of the failure of communism. It is really the ultimate, and that's why they've done a good job hiding it from people because it was a giant monument to how crappy communism really is and how it failed uh, and uh, and lost that battle. And they actually believe it may it, it may actually be structurally un, unsound. Yeah, I don't think they could. I, I, mean, I mean, the thing could come down. North Korea obviously does not care if people die in it, so I don't think that's what would be, you know, preclude them from putting people in it. It's just that... You know, it would cost so much It would much be money an embarrassment, it though. Yeah, it would be. And, and like you said, it's hard to keep oh, that stuff under wraps. If that thing came down, they'd blame that on us. They probably would. Yeah. You're probably, yeah, probably. Right. Um, it'd be, it'd be so That's yeah. pretty amazing. Um, and uh, can we do this story real quick? Because this, this is uh, important for all of us to know. Um, and maybe this is what we need to do. A uh, pro poker player made a uh, million-dollar bet that he could lose uh, 70 pounds. Uh, he, it was it started at a hundred thousand dollars. Number grew and grew because people kind of jumped in on it. Uh, and he in I guess it was how many months was it? Uh, I lost the months six months. And he only had to lose. He had to change his body fat percentage by ten percent in six months. He did that. And do we have the pictures? I mean, uh, yeah. Look, that, that looks like an Alex Jones before and after. Those are not the before and after. <laughs> Those are both befores. Uh, do yeah. we have the after picture? We don't have the after picture. Oh, the after picture is kind of important picture. because yeah, I would say he, he did it. Yeah. He, he did it, and he looks fantastic. There you go. And yeah. uh, look at that. Abs. Now I you mean, might think, hey, why are you showing a picture of yourself, Stu? No, that's actually not me <laughs> uh, with the abs. That is actually the guy. You know, losing the seventy pounds is one thing, but but getting the abs uh, yeah, in that kind of shape is tough. Jeff, you hard. lost seventy pounds. Before. It's hard. I have. I've lost more than seventy pounds before. Obviously, and you've that's found why it's them, difficult to find the. Uh, you know, get the abs like that, get the six-pack back. <laughs> uh, six-pack back? Is, it, is that what you said? I mean, yeah, you heard me. <laughs> you heard me correctly. <laughs> I don't know that we did. <laughs> All right, more patents, too. We'll leave it on that ridiculous note. Uh, there's more coming up. <laughs> I, lo- I love this segment. I can't wait for it to anymore. start. <laughs> Is that better? I mean, it'd be better if you'd wait for the open to end. Oh, I can't. Do it. I mean, hey, Pat, uh, Jeffy's segment time. Yeah. Yay. So I know that we have, uh, you know, as usual, upcoming Spoons segment. Uh, uh, so uh, we're going to have it now. Or we mm. can wait, but I just wanted to remind everyone that today is National Ice Cream Sandwich Day. Mm. Uh, so wow, that sounds really good. Just right wheel now. it in. I think I'm going to wait till spoons, right? Okay. I mean, that's fine. Well, I mean, if I have to wait for another 30, 40 minutes, that's fine, I guess. But <laughs> well, you have a lot of restraints. So, yeah, just think that. All right, whatever. What is the spoon segment? So, today? I don't see it in here. What's yeah, it? it's some kind of crackers. So it better be ice cream sandwiches too, man. I Sriracha be cracker sandwiches. Ugh. Ooh. Kind of sounds interesting. Are you a spicy uh, sriracha type of fan? Or? Yeah, I like sriracha. Yeah, I'm interested. So uh, the other day, uh, a tremendous tweet from a guy at Tuna Ketchup, uh, which is really funny. He tagged the Kid Rock uh, 18 uh, for Senate logo. Mm-hmm. And uh, his comment was, oh, man, at Cheryl Crow must be rolling in her grave right now. With the uh, Kid Rock, you know, with the Kid Rock logo. Mm-hmm. And uh, the greatest, it went, the viral 
quote from Sheryl Crow was, dude, I'm still alive. <laughs> <laughs> wow, 90,000 yes. retweets. Yeah. So, uh, so Cheryl is, uh, <laughs> I mean, this particular tweet is gone, has, you know, completely gone viral. She's now in the, she's posted a, a video of her in studio uh, with her new song, Dude, I'm Still Alive. Oh, wow, she's, uh, really, she's so, really going for it. Huh? So it makes you almost believe that uh, since no one was really thinking about Sheryl Crow prior to this tweet, uh, that uh, perhaps uh, this wasn't just a random, hey, Sheryl Crow must be rolling in her grave, dude, I'm still alive. Well, happening. I mean, this hmm. song is about Kid Rock running for Senate, and I think, you, know, you think she wrote this in advance? She I mean, could have been more than two weeks. Unless she was working with Kid Rock on it, I'm just saying that I don't. I don't know that I actually uh, believe that it's uh, just a, a, a just a happening. I don't know Twitter that well. Like, I don't know how the technology works. But like, is so is it a bot? How did how did the response happen? I, I'm confused. What other well, response happened? Like, is there she... like an automated process that would respond for Cheryl Crow? Oh no, not so. It'd be Cheryl. I understand. What... What are you, what oh, are you you're saying she's at? actually she actually is alive. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, I, I had no idea. No, I didn't mean she that she was dead. <laughs> oh, I thought she was. Okay, I thought it was an automated. Okay, no. Okay. So last night, my wife was watching a show on Amazon that's an old show from 2003, 2004, mm -hmm. called uh, "A Dead Like Me." It's with Manny Patinkin and uh, the young girl that uh, uh, Emily Booth. And uh, it's a show where they, she ends up dying, and she's supposed to. She realizes that she don't just die. You have to work for the Grim Reaper. Show's on a couple of years. Okay. But I uh, it, yeah. this scene uh, came on during the show that she was watching from 2004. Okay. Okay. Amazing. Roll quickly. In a fair world, behaving like a complete <laughs> would make you really unpopular. But this isn't a fair world. And have followers and disciples and assistants are treated like kings. Oh my god. Oh wow. Uh, wow. 2004. Wow. That's, That's interesting. Bizarre. Really bizarre. Uh -huh. All right. Really bizarre. Great fun. Hi, Pat and Stu, triple eight seven two seven back. Stu, yeah, good to see you. Thanks for. Yeah. I mean, it's weird. We've already done an hour of the show. Yeah. You can you greet. Yeah, me. I was really mainly talking to Jeffy. You know, and he's here. Oh, too. hey, Pat. He's, he's on the whole. No, I was. How you doing? I mean, we've already done an hour of the show, but yeah. 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 Nice, nice of you to say. Mostly something wasn't like that. on. I mean, remember too. I don't know. On behalf of YouTube. Call, but we did a three-hour show before this, so like, really, I, yeah. I feel like we've That's passed the point of morning greetings. But you know, whatever. I mean, it's nice. It's certainly pleasant of you to. You know, say hello and mm -hmm. and uh, and extend those greetings and it salutations. Sure is. You know, it sure is. Yeah, you know, maybe we need a little bit more of that in the world. You know, Jeffy. The world would be a better place mm -hmm. if everyone would just mm -hmm. greet each other nicely like that every hour on the hour. Okay, you done now? Done. <laughs> 
<laughs> you beat that to death yet? <laughs> Never. How dare you say okay. that we would give up after we beat it to death. That will never happen. No, I know. That's probably true. Um, can we start with, uh, before we get to uh, the climate chaos that's occurring uh, here in our world, um, we know that's happening. There's nothing more important than the climate chaos. No, well, except nothing. for except for baseball. Um, uh, and I, I hit that moment this week, Pat. Oh, no. That sad, tragic moment when your team admits it's not going to win this year uh, at the trade deadline. And my, my, my Toronto Blue Jays, who have hovered... Slightly mm. below 500 for most of the year, huh. uh, have given up and they've traded a bunch of their guys. In fact, some of them to uh, your Houston Astros. Did they? Um, yeah, one of their pitchers. The local the, the team Astros. has done the very same thing this uh, week. Yep, <laughs> exactly. Texas Rangers for people around here did the same thing. It's a terrible moment in the season because it doesn't necessarily disqualify you, right? They're still trying to win the games, but you realize mm-hmm. that they they have less hope than you, and that's a it's a crushing moment for any sports fan. But you still take joy from watching the games, and and uh, and when they win, you know the Blue Jays had a couple great comebacks and blew a couple ridiculous leads this week, and it was like ah, you know, you still love baseball. Uh, this particular moment from uh, last night's uh, Indians Red Sox game is, I mean, it's got to be the catch of the year at least so far, um, and maybe the catch of the past few years. Um, now, of course, obviously, uh, Major League Baseball owns the footage uh, to those particular, uh, particular video, but uh, some of the, the still shots are just as impressive of this. Look at this catch. This is Austin oh, Jackson. So here he is. He's going up. He's going over the fence here uh, to catch a ball. By the way, it's a 7-5 to five game, so close game, which they wound up losing, which kind of ruins it. But uh, there's one. That he, goes, he catches the ball, goes over the fence, upside down. Uh, kind of cycle through these. Uh, here's, here he is about to rob it. This is the view from the bullpen. Okay. Uh, I mean, absolutely going to be a home run, as you can tell by the catch uh, there. Yep. And then... And he goes over the top and into the bullpen. I mean, <laughs> wow. Uh, really, and, and obviously in full speed. I mean, really, you, you can't use Major League Baseball for 10 seconds the next day when it's his story? I don't know. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. <laughs> they keep telling us that, though, Pat. That's, come on now. They continue come on. to tell us that. There's no way Major League Baseball would not want you to show that catch for 10 seconds. It does nothing but help them. The next day, as a news story? Agreed. Come on now. So we got to do still frames on the catch of the century. Okay, so that's ridiculous. Uh, Al Gore was on TV last night on a network <laughs> that is going to apparently uh, allow us, because of the news value, to show this footage. Uh, this is Al uh, Gore talking to James. These are still photos we're about to see? We're going to show still photos of James <laughs> Uker Eskridge, right? who is a mayor of a town on an island uh, in the Chesapeake Bay. Watch. Okay. I have a crab house uh, business out on the water. <laughs> And the water level is the same as it was when the place was built in 1970. Still shots would have been better. Uh, I'm not a scientist, mm-hmm. but I'm a keen observer. It's got that and, Baltimore uh, accent. If sea level rise is occurring, why am I not seeing signs of it? I mean, we're, our island is disappearing. Yeah, Al. But it's because of erosion and not sea level rise. And then, unless we get a seawall, we lose. We will lose our island. But back to the question why why am i not seeing signs of the sea level rise what do you think the erosion is due to uh, mayor he thinks he's got a great uh, point here wave action storms have, have, has that increased uh, any um not really i well, mean so so, it, the, so you're losing the island even though the waves and haven't increased yeah yes this this erosion has been going on since uh, captain john smith Thank discovered you. the island Thank you. and named it yeah and well it's, it's gotten to our doorstep now and 
we focus on it more. Well, arguments about science aren't necessarily going to be of any comfort to you, and I'm sorry for what you're it's going through and your, your neighbors on uh, Tangier Island. Uh, I, I read about you in the paper. Uh, there was a so I was prepared in the to answer Post, this. I believe after yeah. President Trump called mm -hmm. you. Up no, it's and, the gorse teeth uh, here. Won't necessarily do you any good for me to tell you that the scientists do what say that the sea level a lot of is rising directions. in the Chesapeake Bay and that you've lost about two thirds of your the bottom uh, yeah. island uh, already uh, hmm. in, in over a longer period million of time, uh, and that the the forecast for the future yeah, but there is, probably is uh, another two feet of sea. What would another if if there was another two feet of sea level rise? What would that mean for Tangier Island? Tangier Island is our <laughs> elevation. That's really about bad. four foot above sea level. Yeah. Really bad. And if, if I see sea level rise occurring, I'll shout it from the housetop. Okay. I mean, we don't have, you know, the land to give up, but uh, I'm just not seeing it. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, one okay. of the challenges of this issue is taking what the, mm -hmm. what the scientists say uh, and, and translating it into terms that are believable to people with, with, where they can see the consequences in, the, in their own lives, huh? and, and I get that, and I try every day to figure out ways to, ways to do that. Yeah, he tries every day to figure out ways, more ways to lie yeah. about this non-existent yeah. problem, and, and it's working for him. I mean, there are some people who are buying his garbage, mm -hmm. but this guy's not. This guy lives on the freaking island. For 50 years, he's been working it. And he doesn't see any sea level rise. And Al Gore is telling him to disregard everything he knows and has experienced. Well, our scientists say there is. I know you're saying there's not, but our scientists say there is. And I can't tell you who these scientists are uh, because uh, I don't know them. And I've never heard them say this. But I'm going to say it for them like they did tell me this, even though... I don't know anything about this particular issue, but I knew you were going to get up today, and I knew I had to have a lie uh, to tell you. And that's what he does. Mm -hmm. He just flat-out lies to this poor guy's face. It's uh, oh, pathetic. He tries to win Despicable. the argument several times. Several yeah. times. And then he goes at the end, well, what would it mean if, if it did rise two feet? Right. What would it mean for everybody if the freaking sea rises two right. feet? I mean, look at that I mean, series. He come goes, on. First he says, uh, well, uh, so what, what do you think that erosion is caused by, big guy? Yeah, he's trying uh, to get well, to climate actually, change there. He right, can't. He can't. Then he, he says, well, actually, it was just the, uh, the, the storms. Well, have storms increased? No. no. So he can't get there again. that way. It's the second route that he mm -hmm. goes down. Mm -hmm. um, and then he, say, he goes. Uh, and he goes to scientists say it is, even though you say, it say it it's not. And then he goes, wait a minute. What if I say, what if I give him the threat of two-foot sea level rise? What would that do if it occurred? Even though you're saying it hasn't, what would it do? And he said, well, we'll obviously be screwed. But And I would be screaming about that if it was actually happening, but it's not happening. Oh, well, uh, you know, look, it's not going to, uh, you know, look, our big struggle is to try to find ways to tell you what scientists are saying, even when... It's there. What they're saying is it our true. big struggle is to, is to <laughs> and try. And that's an important part to of try our, and make you believe our yeah. lies. Yeah. I mean, their really, big struggle is to make us freak out about yes. a problem that all of us see is not a, a catastrophic problem right now. They showed some clips from the movie. It's unbelievable. Uh, Anderson had a few clips from the movie too. We have got to see it because it talks about. Uh, they even talked a little bit about uh, rain bombs. Oh, God. Uh, rain bombs? I've seen the rain bomb clip stuff. before. It looks awesome. Yes, tremendous it's, it stuff. like a lot of rain falls at once, and they call it a rain bomb A rain now. bomb. It, <laughs> what? You've got to start using rain bombs. <laughs> Can you say rain bombs in Al Gore's voice? 
Well, th- what's happening now are rain bombs. <laughs> <laughs> it is good stuff. It's exploding goody. all over Thudis. and uh, That is exactly basically what he said. Yeah. In one That's of the unbelievable, yeah. man. That's uh, unbelievable. Look, and this is, this is the problem. Um, Despicable. You know, his, he actually explains the claim that he makes in the trailer and lied about the process there right at the end of that clip. He says... What, what our, our challenge yes. is, is to take something from science, right, mm-hmm. and turn mm-hmm. it into something that essentially, he didn't say it exactly this way, but essentially scares you. Right. Scares you enough right. to do what we're telling you to do. Right. Even though your eyes uh, don't deceive you, you're not seeing any of the problem, no. and you shouldn't be because it's not a huge problem. It's the same stuff that's always happened. Yep. But somehow we have to make that a bigger problem than it is. Right. And, so we, and we have to make you believe you're seeing something that you don't. One yep. way you could do that is exactly the claim that he made in the trailer. And uh, let's walk you through this claim because uh, it is absolutely incredible the way he lies about this. And look at the pattern. He does the exact same thing he explained at the end of that speech to this guy, this mayor on this island, that he does with the claim from his trailer. Watch. Do we have that, or have there been a rain bomb that is falling? No, there it is. The chickens that believe that in the story get eaten. Yet the environmental belief of a falling sky due to our SUVs has become sacrosanct in our society. Question it and become the equivalent of a Holocaust denier. The main chicken predicting the falling sky is none other than Al Gore, a man who has been a complete liar every second of his life for at least as long as I've known he's existed. When you lie a lot and get caught a lot, you tend to find justifications for your behavior. And Gore has been doing that quite a lot. Recently, he's come to claim that his scare tactics from his B-level horror film, An Inconvenient Truth, have been vindicated. If he wanted to do a monologue about every time we caught Al Gore lying, this would not be a once-a-week show. It would be multiple, simultaneous, live, 24-7 networks. But this particular lie is so supernaturally disingenuous, the architecture must be highlighted. What Gore has been talking about is Superstorm Sandy. A storm so super, it wasn't really a hurricane anymore before it hit the East Coast. The storm caused upwards of 70 billion in damages. Not because of its strength, but because of where it hit. New York City. You know, the place that contains the low-lying island where we store most of our tall buildings. Let me paint the horrifying picture for you. In less than an hour, a 13-foot storm surge deluged the city swallowing everything below Canal Street. The battery was particularly devastated. Docks were destroyed and ships were swept onto streets. Further uptown, a bridge that connected Harlem to Ward's Island was washed away and somewhere in Chinatown, the East River likely met the Hudson. Oh, actually, sorry, that that wasn't about Sandy at all. It was a story about the great New York storm of 1821, long before there were SUVs. Gore's reaction to Sandy was less mourning for the victims and more celebrating his own brilliance. Not incidentally, you have to be a special kind of douche to use human tragedy to prove yourself right. And that's why Al Gore is a vaunted member of the Douche Hall of Fame. Douche Hall of Fame. Here's what he said. 
The single most common criticism from skeptics when the film came out focused on the animation showing ocean water flowing into the World Trade Center memorial site. Skeptics called that demagogic and absurd and irresponsible. It happened last October 29th, years ahead of schedule. Over the past few years, Gore has peppered his mindless followers with version after version of these comments, all with the same story. In an inconvenient truth, I predicted New York City would be underwater. Superstorm Sandy proved me right. And since it happened sooner than I predicted, global warming is even worse than I've been telling you. We are totally screwed. As you might imagine, the kind of person who shows up to see Al Gore speak eats this up without any challenge. Gore knows this, of course, which is the only reason he even attempts it. Because anyone who actually bothered to watch his movie would know he was lying. It's true that Gore predicted the flooding of New York. Here's the clip. This is the World Trade Center memorial site. And after the horrible events of 9-11, we said never again. But this is what would happen to Manhattan. They can measure this precisely, just as the scientists could predict precisely how much water would breach the levees in New Orleans. The area where the World Trade Center Memorial is to be located would be underwater. Did I mention that you have to be a special kind of douche to use human tragedy to prove yourself right? And that's why Gore is a vaunted member of the Douche Hall of Fame. Gore's tactic of using 9-11 to scare people about the weather is tasteless to an almost inhuman level. But hey, he did predict that New York would flood, right? With a prediction like this, there are three elements we need to focus on. The what, which was the flood in this case. We'll look more at that in a second. Then the when. He admits himself that he was wrong on that. Most importantly, though, is the why. Why did he say New York was going to flood? Amazingly, he tells us the why and proves himself a liar in his own movie. Watch. If Greenland broke up and melted, or if half of Greenland and half of West Antarctica broke up and melted, this is what would happen. So why was New York going to flood? Not because of a storm of any sort, because of a breaking up and melting of all of Greenland and or West Antarctica. Can we get an overhead? Is there any ice left on Greenland or West Antarctica? Huh. Weird, it seems like there is. What Gore predicted was a global 20-foot sea level rise caused by global warming-induced complete melting of the Greenland ice shelf. When he said that, even his scary source material, the United Nations IPCC report, was predicting about 11 inches of sea level rise, not 20 feet. At the time, they only had, quote, medium confidence of, quote, partial melting of Greenland over, quote, a period of time ranging from centuries to millennia. And even if all of that happened, it would only be half of what Gore was predicting. When he said he predicted the flood, he's lying about that too. What he predicted was not a temporary flood, but a permanent one. One week after Hurricane Sandy, about 600,000 people in the United States still didn't have power. 
That surely sucked big time. But in Gore's prediction, 100 million people would be displaced from their homes permanently, never to return. Where do I get that fact? In his movie, more precisely, the exact sentence directly before the clip of the movie he wants people to watch. Think of the impact of a couple hundred thousand refugees when they're displaced by an environmental event. And then imagine the impact of a hundred million or more. Think about the balls of this guy for a second. It's not like you'd have to check complicated hurricane studies to prove he is lying. It's not even like you'd have to look in another part of his movie. It's amazing. This guy is directing people to his movie to prove his prediction is correct when he knows that the previous 70 seconds of footage proves him to be a liar. And he is so sure that his audience is a bunch of blind, mindless followers and will believe anything he says without double checking that he does it anyway, over and over and over again, speech after speech after speech. And the worst part is he's right. They applaud like a bunch of lemmings and go home and feel wonderful about themselves and their wonderful levels of purity and service. So to sadly, sadly, pathetically review, Gore is lying about being right about predicting flooding in New York. The evidence is his own words in his own movie. And did I mention Al Gore is a vaunted member of the douche Hall of Fame? Yeah. Did, did I mention that? There's a, there's a special place in South Hell re- reserved yeah. for the guy who is running all over the planet and spewing this kind of bull crap mm-hmm. j- just to scare people into buying the products in which he has invested. And that's what he's about. You know, people ask me all the time, well, why would he do this? Why would he scare people like that if he didn't really believe it? Money. <laughs> well, Money. well, that, that, a lot of it. And power. And power, yes. Money. Yes. And, I mean, think about it. He's able to influence the policies of pisses nations. pisses me off. Uh, you know, it is infuriating. I mean, mm. he, and like, and people, some of the people, I posted this on my Facebook page. You can please go and share it because uh, people need to see this as the movie's Definitely. coming out this weekend. Definitely. So go to Facebook.com uh, and look for. We uh, want to do something your, special with that movie. I, yeah. I, you know, I'd love to. Rent a theater or something. Yeah, Jeffy, you have the funds to do that? Can yeah, you do, Jeffy's got it. You, you got it, right? Yeah, no problem. Yeah, okay, okay, good. All right. Um, but uh, go there, share that, because... Uh, what's that? I'll take care of it for you. Don't worry about it. Just, look, okay. I'll tell you the theater to go to. And, uh, Aren't you going to go with us? Go right in. You know, I'll, 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 I'll <laughs> and you'll there. just I'll have already have pre-bought the whole theater? Yeah, right really? Uh, that's really nice, yeah. Jeffy. Thank you for that. We don't need to bring a, a name or anything and don't say, hey... Don't be silly. Don't be silly. Okay. So... We right. posted this the other day on Facebook, <laughs> um, and again, share it if you can, because people, it's gone, mm-hmm. you know, somewhat viral, and it's, a bit, it's, it's uh, elicited a, a many responses from people who happen to be on the side of Elcor, right? They, they, you know, huh. typically what happens with these things is, you know, you, it goes to your audience, and then if it, it winds up performing well, it spreads all over the place, and then you have liberals who are looking at it, too, and, they're, and they get pissed off, of course, and obviously they're not actually watching it. I mean, mm-hmm. do I even need to tell you that they don't watch the whole video? But a lot of the comments are, oh, like I'm going to believe you over uh, the scientists. You don't have to. This is not about, this is actually not a piece about global warming. It's a piece about Al Gore lying. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's not about whether you believe mm-hmm. global warming or don't. 
It's the point that he is lying about his own claims. This is about him being a liar. This is about him being disingenuous. It's honestly about him having a very weak and pathetic character that he can't even, I mean, and it's also about what he believes about you. Because just like the commenter who doesn't watch the video to know that I'm not even questioning a global warming claim in the video, I'm not even questioning it. Uh, you have to actually watch the movie and check these claims out. And because he's so confident mm -hmm. that his audience won't do that, he'll keep making these claims. And now he's making them on film. He's bringing this to thousands of movie theaters, the same claim that he knows is a lie. He knows it. He's just so confident mm -hmm. you won't check in on him that he does it anyway. And, you know, it needs to be shared so that people see that. You know, and, and they used to try to alarm us in a much more authentic and reasonable and truthful way. They used to say, look, in 100 years, this is going to be a real big yeah. problem because we, you know, so we got to deal with this now so that we're not, you know, so it's not too late. That didn't scare enough people. Yep. That didn't bring them the kind of money and power they want and need. So what they did was they ratcheted it up and said catastrophic global warming is here now. So it's not a projected 100 years into the future anymore. It's now? Well, I mean, that takes a lot of lying takes uh, a lot in of lying. order to yeah. sell to people. Yeah, it means you have to blame every storm. Uh, yep. Every, every Which lack they've of had to completely <laughs> abandon there. Don't confuse weather with, with climate. That That's completely one. out the window. Right. So you have to say, okay, every snowstorm is fault of global warming. Every yep. lack of snowstorm is a global, is warming. global warming. Every rainfall, mm -hmm. every global drought, warming. everything proves global, global warming. warming. Right. So, of course, it's right. Um, you know, and, and I wish, you know, Al Gore is doing interviews. He obviously will not do one with us. Um, but if you're a journalist out there and you have an opportunity to talk to Al Gore, ask him, if you say, you keep saying that you're right about this flood in New York City, when you said the cause of that flood would be a 20-foot sea level rise, is it fair for you to take credit for that prediction? Yeah. I mean, even asked that nicely, it would be great to get him on record on that. It really Nobody would. has had the chance to ask him about that. I wish... Or the guts. Honestly, I wish the, I knew he was doing the out uh, there. Was Anderson a girl, thing, uh, Anderson might have asked him. There was, well, there was a girl there from who was affected by uh, the hurricane mm -hmm. uh, of uh, Hurricane Sandy. And, well, uh, not the hurricane part of it because. No, she was affected by the hurricane, Stu, because that's what she said. Well, it was oh. a hurricane at one and point. No one corrected her. And I mean, it was you know, devastating. It's a minor distinction. I mean, it went back and forth whether it was a hurricane or not right before it hit, uh, hit shore. Um, so, but still, yes, uh, most of that came from flooding. It had nothing to do with the strength of the storm. But I mean, and I think Anderson actually, if he knew that story, may have actually asked him. I don't um, know, boy. He opened that up with oh, sounding like he had a hundred percent in. He he is he, again, but that is not the point. I am not. That argument does not disagree mm -hmm. with global warming. You can be a liberal and agree with every word of global warming and still call out Al Gore when he lies. Mm -hmm. That's okay. You know, Peter did it. You know, yeah, they did. PETA, who, you know, the to their credit, they did. They came out and they said, hey, Al, you're saying you got to stop global warming. Well, uh, the meat industry is a bigger, according to the UN, bigger than the entire transportation industry. How come you won't stop eating meat? It took him 10 years to stop doing it, but eventually he did. <laughs> At least he claims that. At I don't believe it. it yeah. More patents, too, coming up in a sec. Uh, all right, let's uh, talk about, well, you know, you saw Superstorm Sandy, which, by the way, was really bad. We shouldn't demean it. It was a really terrible tragedy. I have family who, is, who lives a block away from the coast there, had huge damage on their home. Mm. I mean, it was ugly, and, uh, you know, it was a real confluence of, uh, of negative weather events coming together. 
Um, that's you know why the Superstorm thing kind of stuck. It wasn't a hugely powerful storm, um, but it was a lot of elements that caused a lot of flooding. Um, and if you're in that situation, a lot of people were, you could easily get stuck having to uh, deal with uh, aspects of, of normal civilization that just kind of just go away for a few weeks or months. Yeah, it's, it's happened. I mean, the threat of a hurricane uh, wiped out business in Houston for about 10 days yeah. uh, when I was there. And, and, and uh, Hurricane Katrina had just happened, and so everybody was scared out of their minds at Hurricane Rita. Well, it, it missed us completely, uh, but the evacuation you know, caused three and a half million people to leave. And so nothing could get in or out of Houston, and we ran out of food. And so that's why we both depend on My Patriot Supply for our emer- emergency food supply. You can get a 102-serving survival food supply for just 99 bucks. They ship it free, and it includes breakfast, lunch, and dinners. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to eat food, too, in this situation, sure, can you eat... Uh dried up uh you know stale bread i you guess can, you but can, do you uh, want to do you want to? to why do it for 99 dollars, you can knock this problem out for you and your family and it's going to last for 25 years in storage we're talking less than a dollar per serving why not take this off of your list and you know if you don't if you never get to the point where you have an emergency that you need the food first of all great this is a great mm-hmm. little insurance policy for you but second of all you can start just eating the food because it's good uh, it's kind yeah. of a nice uh, win-win. 888-411-5290. 888-411-5290. Or preparewiththeblaze.com. It's preparewiththeblaze.com. You might be saying to yourself, hey, how come we haven't seen the Atomic Blonde trailer today? That's exactly uh, what I'm saying to myself. It's a great question. Even though it's in theaters, that doesn't preclude us from actually showing it. <laughs> um, but this uh, story is a little bit different. Uh, this would be freaking terrifying. Apparently, based on a true story, it's called 12 Feet Deep. Watch. Minus five in the bank, so you're getting dinner either way. The public pool is now closed. Have a pleasant weekend. Oh man. Oh, I do oh my god. One hundred thousand gallons of water, fifty meters wide. No way I'm out. I'm not ready to die, and neither are you. Neither are you say you're gonna make me. This is my fault. Wow. Was that? I'm sure this is covered a in... true story? Yeah, apparently a true story. Uh, it's, huh. Well, 
inspired by true yeah. events. Okay. All right. Oh, so, okay. it's not even based on a true story. No, we even got the lower the events. lower level there. Yeah. Inspired by true events. Because <laughs> you got true story, uh, uh-huh. then you got based on a true story, right. then you got inspired by true <laughs> events. Um, but I'll take it. Uh, it actually looks kind of interesting. I, although, you know, you of course you, you jump to your mind of like how, why would why would you die? They had enough mm-hmm. room, like right like there's right. they could breathe. Right. Um, I guess maybe you would freeze though. I mean, the, would the weather be? I mean, because if you're in what is it? You know, if it's seventy degree water over that long time, I don't know. Would it? Would you? An indoor swim swimming pool though would be warmer than seventy. Maybe right? it could be. Could have been on the colder side if they took they turn the heaters. And off. then what was the deal with the guy coming in with I the shoes on? Well, I mean, what is, is that? What is that? What if it was just shoes? <laughs> It wasn't a guy attached to them, just shoes, just shoes came in. Now <laughs> you're talking spooky. Now it's spooky. This thing just got real all up in here. Because I would say, like, if let's say you're underneath <laughs> the water and there's no dividers of the lanes, yeah. then you're having to tread water for yeah. 12 hours. Yeah, but they hours. have the dividers. So they but can they just, the you just they can lean on them. those and, and wait until somebody comes in the morning. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it was for Weird. the weekend, right? The pool is now closed for the weekend. Maybe. I mean, you're Maybe. looking at two and a half, three days. Well, you know what? And the big, mm-hmm. the biggest issue there would be your skin would be so shriveled. Oh my gosh! You'd have a major. You'd never get the prunage <laughs> out of your fingers. You'd have pruny fingers for the rest of your life, and that's the tragedy. All right, we're well, back in a second. We'll get spoons coming up. Triple eight seven twenty seven. Back is the phone number. Uh, I'm actually excited about these because there's something with sriracha in them, which are mm. it's hot, which because it's so freaking cold in here right now, maybe we'll warm this up. Maybe. Hello. Welcome to Spoons. Uh, so we've been overruled. We had sriracha crackers, and now, because we were complaining about being cold, they obviously brought us ice cream sandwiches, <laughs> um, which is uh, actually very nice. However, uh, we, so we have three of them, and so I have a proposal here. We yes. have a Klondike ice cream sandwich. We have an M&M's <clears throat> ice cream okay. sandwich and a Blue Bunny ice cream sandwich. So what we I taste would, them all? What I would say no, no is that we make an ice cream sandwich ice cream sandwich, which would go to me something like Something like that. This. Okay. So now you've got an ice cream sandwich in between an ice All cream right, sandwich. If you could take a bite out of that, I'm going to be impressed. All right, you got to flatten. Okay, just got to very gentle. I'm going to taste the blue bunny one. Oh, I want to shove that down your throat right That now. tastes like mm. vanilla ice cream with like a chocolate sandwich around it. Yeah, the Blue Bunny. Yeah. Yeah, Blue Bunnies are pretty good. They're the Klondike. Oh my the God. Klondikes are great. The Klond- these are Klondike vanillas. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the regular Klondikes, you know, the originals, and then there's these, which aren't bad. How was bad. that, Sue? Freaking good. Really? Yeah. Mm. I mean, there it is. If you want to have a good, you want, now this is how you celebrate National Ice Cream Sandwich Day. Right there. To me, the Klondike was better than the Blue Bunny. Uh, but now I'm going to try the M&M's one. You know the M&M's going to be good. Mm. Oh my God, that's freaking good. Yeah? I'd highly recommend doing this at home. <laughs> I had three boxes of ice cream sandwiches today. Uh-huh. Mash them all together. All right. What's good about all three of these mm-hmm. is I was just looking it up, they're fat free. Oh, good. You know what else is in them is uh, milk. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, now I'm doing it. Um, I will say <laughs> there's a superiority here. Wow. Um, that the M&M's is going to be blatantly better because the chocolate chip cookie is better than the typical ice cream sandwich. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, even with a cookie, 
That's the way to do it. Oh. Uh huh. Um, look at the back of this, though. <laughs> look at the back of this. <laughs> wow. That is. Uh, you want to talk about a way to spend your life? And when I mean spend it, like you spent it all at once. This is really the last thing I'll do. You had to displace a lot of ice cream to make that happen. I know. Yeah. No, it's true. But you still, I got it from both sides, though. (laughs) You like it better than just doing one at a time? Not from a messiness perspective. Yeah. But it tastes damn good. (laughs) I'm guessing they taste pretty good individually as well. Yes, they do. And then, you know, you don't have to. I'm going to give them all an 18 because I love ice cream sandwiches. That sounds good to me. Oh, yeah, look at that. Hello. 888-727-BECK. You know, socialism, as a rule, uh, doesn't work all that well. Venezuela is a really good example, and Glenn just explained what's happening there on a Think Tank episode. We're just going over some even more frightening scenarios uh, of how fragile the <laughs> We're world is. We're a pleasant is. people. We really are. Um, I'm sorry for that. Um, but the world is, is in a very frightening place. It doesn't take just one goofy guy on television saying, let me teach you about the 12th Imam and what a caliphate is. People who are paying attention of all walks of life, really paying attention, which is hard to do because you don't know what to pay attention to, are all starting to say, boy, this is really dangerous, really dangerous. Just outline quickly what you just said. If we mess up, if we would decide to go into a preemptive strike. If we mess up that opening salvo and miss their artillery, their first counterattack will be to open up on Seoul. They would level the capital city of the number five, four or five economy in the world. That would mean the number one economy, us, is involved in a major war with the number five economy just flattened, and if North Korea gets, gets a missile off and takes out Tokyo, that's the number three global economy. So that's the number right. one, three, and five economies. And sure? China will go to, China will go to war footing at least. That's the number two economy. Isn't it, isn't Germany four and the United Kingdom is five? Isn't it like South They're right Korea? right in there. South Korea is, yeah. I mean, it's, it, I mean, you, you can't take out I mean, South, so big, but yeah, you can't take out South Korea, China, um, the or South Korea, China, and Japan, getting them involved with a war with the United States without changing. I mean, overnight things are not saying. If you knock off three major Asian markets, the world would just spiral. Just collapse. Just collapse. Okay. With that happy note, oh, yeah. I want to show you something that this is how the media is reporting this right now. We want to talk to you about Venezuela, and I'm. I want to show you this for a reason, because Venezuela is really important because there's lessons that we must learn from this. First of all, the media is reporting this now as the death of democracy in Venezuela. Could there be a more untrue or or, or more obvious, let me say it that way, could there be a more obvious statement of what happens to a democracy every single time? Anybody want to explain that? The problem is people confuse or conflate democracy and republics. We are not a democracy. We are a republic. Democracies always die. Why? Because it's the people uh, voting in majority, mob rule voting themselves. Even Federalist number 10, James Madison talks about this. Yeah, even the the Nazi Party and Hitler were, were voted in. 
yeah. which yeah. people don't remember. All you need is a majority. All you need is a mob. All you need is somebody who can effectively say, come, follow me. And if you have that, then he can do whatever he wants. Democracies always die. What's the joke? It's uh, two wolves and a sheep deciding what they're going to have for dinner. Democracy decides. Yeah. Guess, guess what they're going to have for dinner. Yeah. Um, okay, so death of democracy. It's just... That is an obvious statement. That is trying to convince you that something else is not happening in Venezuela, which is... What, what, what are the media trying to convince you that is not happening oh, in Venezuela? Oh, socialism. <laughs> yes, <laughs> socialism. Socialism. It's the death of democracy by radicals. It is, has nothing to do with socialism. Actually, that is very true. A study was released from the uh, Media Research Center that showed that mainstream media outlets refused to even use the word socialism whenever they, if they reported yes. on Venezuela. Okay, so what they're reporting is that this guy, Maduro, is a really bad guy who has really just taken and hijacked, got people to vote for him. And there comes the mob, and he has taken it, and, and now what has he done? He tried to dissolve the legislature, and then eventually he did abolish it, and now he's going to put his own cronies there, so it's this bad guy. No, it's really not, and it's not even Chavez. Let me take you through, and let's, as we go, if anybody notices any parallels here or anywhere else, let's point them out. Because I don't think most people even know the history of Venezuela. In a nutshell, here's the history of Venezuela. Oil was discovered, 1914. Oil in 1914 is like striking oil now. Uh, it's a great thing. Totally transforms uh, Venezuela. From 1914 to 1958, it is the number four global per capita GDP. That is stunning. That is stunning, based on what? On oil. So what's happening? Well, in this time period, as always happens, um, you have this boom, and some people are getting rich, and some people are getting very rich. And if you don't have a strong rule of law and strong moral character, when that is happening, all the cronies come in, and they all get a piece of the pie, except for the average person. The average person doesn't tend to like that. And so they start listening to people who say, enough of this. Do you guys know why, even today, I collect watches? I will not own a Russian watch. Why is it Russians cannot make a good timepiece, even to this day? Do you know? Can't make it because um, all of the watchmakers in the former Soviet Union, when they cobbled the Soviet Union together, all of the good watchmakers immediately fled to the West. All these little, t all these little towns and all these little watchmakers, there's a, there's a watch called A Laning Song, and it is made, I can't remember what town, but the, everyone in that town left, and they made watches for somebody else. As soon as the Iron Curtain came, they all moved back. Their sons and their grandsons moved back and started making these watches. They couldn't make a watch. Not only did they leave, what do mobs do? They killed the watchmaker because the watchmaker was rich because he had a store off with his head. So they rounded everybody who stayed up and they killed them all. 
That's what happens. So when you start having a, you know, a, a, a corrupt system, people want their share. So a leader rises up and says, get them, and they kill everybody. So there's a coup led by leftist activists. The resistance? Oh, yeah. Oh, what? The what? Do they call themselves the resistance? <laughs> they call themselves Occupy Venezuela. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so there's a coup led. And so who, com who comes in but a social democrat? That's an interesting uh, word. Where have heard I that? heard that? Like a democratic uh. socialist? Mm -hmm. Kind of. Where did you first, who first came up with democratic socialist? Larry David. <laughs> Strangely, <laughs> one letter is right, uh, Lenin. Lenin was the one who said, communism has a bad name around here. We are, we are uh, uh, democratic socialists. We're not communists, those are bad guys. We're democratic socialists. Well, when uh, this guy got in, um, uh, Betancourt, he said, I'm a social democrat. Now, this is 1958. What else was happening in the West in 1958, right across the water? 1959, Cuba and coup. So you had, uh, uh, what's his name, making his way across South America on his bike, mm -hmm. and then, of course, sure. Castro. So Russia is involved in this area with lots of money to make sure that all of this spreads. So the Social Democrat, an ex-communist, who said, hey, I'm not a communist, but we're going to have a welfare state where we're going to pay for absolutely everything will be free. The people cheer. He goes on. There's an oil boom going on. He takes taxes and jacks them up to 36%. Uh, at the same time, he's spending a ton of money because, well, we have to spend it because we're having free everything. Deficit goes through the roof. They're borrowing money. They're borrowing it from China. Everything is just borrow, 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 borrow because tomorrow is never going to come. We're never going to have to worry about any of that. In 1973, you have the oil crisis uh, in America and President Perez says, you know what, I'm reinforcing what this guy wanted to do. And in fact, the corruption is so bad, only the government can really take care of it. We're going to nationalize everything. And that way, the people will get all of the money. What a great idea. Right. Sounds very reasonable. I thought, wait, I thought Chavez did all this. <clears throat> no, no, no. No, that, that was done by this guy. Huh. No. So all this groundwork was laid until oil prices started to fall in 1984. This is why we stopped making synthetic oil. This is at the time that the uh, that OPEC tried to screw Reagan because Reagan was so strong and said, we're going to put you out of business. We're going for synthetic oil. We're going from oil from coal. And they crashed the market. Who did that hurt? That really hurt these guys. It hurt Venezuela. So that leads to, oh my gosh, protests. Hugo Chavez comes in, sweeping powers. It's $100 a barrel. He again says, I love this man's dream. We're going to have free everything. I'm going to redo it. Oil is strong again, so he has the money. Um, he uh, then uh, destroys their dollar. It plummets 25%. That's good if you're trying to sell products, bad if you're trying to buy products, if the people come in. Uh, then, all of a sudden, remember $100 a barrel, it got up to, I think, 139 or 150 and then it crashed. Well, if they're huge in oil reserves, how are they making any money at all? Chavez um, continued to devalue the 
the uh, Boliviar, the dollar there. He continued to spend and borrow. OPEC 2014 crashes the oil market. They're now out. He is again saying, you know, I don't like this guy. I like this guy. <laughs> We're going to do what he did. They've never got off that track. What happens? They can't get oil back up. Um, OPEC declared this is the largest oil reserve in the world, in the world. And at the same time, they, they have to import oil. They can't even make the gas for their own cars. This is Sitco. Remember when he was coming and giving uh, people money with Jesse Jackson? They can't make it. The money is devalued another 60%. He tries to dissolve the legislature. He can't do it. He whips people into a, friend, into a frenzy. And for the socialist utopia that he now says, I have his dream, death of democracy. This is not, this is, this is nothing like what the press is telling you. This is how socialism ends every single time. That's what the media is not telling you about Venezuela.